from this computer. Jamie oh, Neal. Jamie Neal. Jamie Neal. Uh, thank you for agreeing to be. Yeah. <laughs> for I am she. <laughs> thank you for agreeing to be on the University Challenge podcast. Um, you're my first standing guest with your standing desk. Uh, well, I have to apologise early because I know you're recording video and I've got a camera that Microsoft gave me a long, long time ago. And yeah. back in the day, it was very good. But in the modern day, it doesn't keep up and I move about. So it loses focus. So I'll just share, I'll just share that now. <laughs> That's all right. Um, well, for those people that are just listening via audio, they can imagine. They can imagine the technology imagine the trying to keep up. That, yeah. Um, so let's start with, a, I guess, a full disclosure to say you and I met when I worked at Microsoft and you were at Computer Centre and then SEC. Yeah. yeah, you were one of about a third or a fourth successions of partner account managers for me when I was at Computer Centre back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah and quite a few, Ali and various other people as well. So, it's, yeah. And we worked together for a few years, didn't yeah, we? we did. Yeah, yeah. We did. And I was always the golden years, Tony. Golden <laughs> years. <laughs> I'm not trying to make either of us sound old, but that just did. So I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what had what I'd enjoyed a lot about working with you um, is well, I don't know. You struck me as someone where there was kind of no no bullshit. Um, I liked where you were coming from and you made me laugh a lot. And then when I was putting this podcast together, I thought, aha, hmm. you would be great to talk to you about how it was that you went from school to working for the biggest IT companies hmm. in the UK and now for one of the world's most recognized biggest vendors. Yeah. Be fair to say. Yeah. So before we get into that, what are your memories of secondary school? Just to do a really like sharp about turn. Uh, probably not the best times uh, <laughs> academically. <laughs> no, secondary se- secondary school for me was probably a little bit here and there. Why? Why? Because I guess uh, my parents moved around quite a bit, so I did go to a lot of schools. And I was probably I'm of the age where schools were broken into lots of different schools. Because you went to primary school and then you went to a, a secondary school. I've probably got the naming convention wrong because I've mixed the, the modernness with the old school where schools be. And then you went to high school. So there's like three sets of separate schools you went to. And being somebody who lived in the sticks, mm-hmm. there was a little village school. And then you had to get on a bus to go to secondary school. And you had to get on a different bus to get to high school. So I moved around a lot. And of course, my parents moved around. So that whole schooly thing was here, there and everywhere. But yeah, that was my experience, if you like, of, I guess, that whole O-levels and CSEs. They're the right language, aren't they? They're the right ones that we used to do back in the day. Well, I'm a child of the 70s. I was born in the, born in 1970. So, you know, child oh, of the 80s okay. is reality. So, yeah. yeah. I was the last you? year... I think I was the last year that ever did CSEs and O levels. Yeah. And I have an O level and I have some CSEs. Mm. Um, and I was also the first year to do what was this newfangled modern thing called GCSEs. Right. 
So, so you've got I... a real mixed bag. Yeah. yeah. Where did you grow up? Did you go to schools all over the country or was it in um, one well, area? I'm sort of from Leicestershire, really. So back in mm. the day, um, Leicestershire, my parents are both from um, areas within the Leicester um, you know, uh, Cosington, uh, Thermiston, that sort of area. So, um, but we've always lived in the Shires. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I mostly, I, I, I refer in the sticks. We used to live in a little tiny village, not far from, um, uh, Uppingham really called Great Eastern, which okay. is geographically near Rockingham castle down the bottom of rocking castle hill and um there was i just remember it vividly because every winter you remember when we used to get snow proper snow <laughs> proper we snow we got proper, proper snow. snow we don't get proper yeah. snow anymore do we tony there's a thing we get a bit of a, <laughs> that's what snow is <laughs> we used to get proper snow and i remember it because the village had no gas this is this sounds like a war story so i do apologize um um, we had the village had no gas, but there was one yeah. road in and one road yeah. out. And each of those roads to the nearest village was one way was about seven or eight miles. Yeah, it wasn't easy walking, and the other way was about eight miles. Yeah, so you were kind of cut off in the winter, and every winter we yeah. used to be cut off. I don't know where I was going with that story, but that's when that's where that's where <laughs> that's, that's where that, you that, live. That's where we lived in a village yeah. like that. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of in my childhood. Is living in places yeah. like that, lots of adventure, being cut off in the winter. My mum cooking on an open fire in the house because we had no electricity because the power was always cut in the snow back yeah. in the day, and obviously yeah. no gas. It was brilliant. I've got to say, it was wow. excellent. I, I like to feel I'm reliving your childhood because we don't have mains gas here. So I only have electric. Oh, wow. okay. And people go, what do you mean? You only yeah, have electric. They, don't, they don't get it. <laughs> Are you from the past? Um, Tony, I'm so... really pleased you told me that because it feels like I found somebody, a fellow somebody who understands what I'm talking about when you say yeah. we didn't have gas. What do you mean? Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. So, um, and that three school thing too. I did infants, juniors, seniors. But uh, so it. I think it's like, yeah, but it was a, um, I think, there is that if you're switching around and you've got three sets of schools it's a lot of change so mm. you and then um, moving areas as well my, as my father yeah. changed roles we changed that into that three school system into different three school system as well so yeah um so you, when you sat your o levels slash cse slash gcse's how did you get on i got on okay um I think if, if truth be told, I was more creative um, and um, I did better at things where you were hands on um, yeah. and drawing art, making yeah. things, doing things, using your brows, visual. Yeah. So I guess that's me. Um, I, I, I think I scraped through in maths and English. Yeah. yeah. Bare minimums. And, yeah. and what was the expectation? Um, was university discussed expected mm-hmm. offered I think my father had been to university um yeah. and he'd got various degrees in chemicals science and things like that he was um uh a chemist by uh sort of educational uh, thing although he sort of finished his career um as a uh, a, a 
sales manager for a global chemical company. Yeah, um, wow. It doesn't exist anymore, and uh, the company doesn't. It's, it's long, long disappeared, but been acquired. But they used to make all the acids and things like that that go into things like Coca Cola, and and the same acid that goes in Coca Cola that goes in your washing powder. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, it's kind of a bit reason why I don't drink Coke uh, or any yeah. of those drinks. So, so yeah. all of those things, you know, quite uh, yeah. powerful stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he was so yeah, I mean, he'd got that background of, of I guess, being well educated, university degree, and and I guess probably in my earlier life, probably he had a uh, an expectation that might happen to me, my brother, and, and possibly my sister. But I think as time went on, I think he decided that there was no possibility of that ever happening. And I think I mentioned to you before. I remember distinctly, and it and it, and it sort of ingrained in my brain something that uh, I guess change the way I think about things but I remember years ago there was a thing where we had to do the I don't know if it was a census or something like that but he wrote up on there that um he, he kind of dismissed the grades we got almost as if we were never going to get to university yeah and um, it kind of wrote it down at that level off I was it sort of like impacted me forever in that yeah. now I've got to do something did I want to go to university I don't know at that stage yeah. but I needed to do something you know positive with my I guess my life my things I end up doing which has probably driven me to do what I do and, and where I am now perhaps I don't know yeah and and the, the thing that I forgot to do because I was so excited to see you again was to say today <laughs> your job yes. today, uh, today, today um yeah well uh forgive me my employer will probably slap me for saying what I'm about to say so I've got um a title that's a bit buzzword bingo um okay. so I'm senior senior business development manager for Microsoft at Citrix so I work for Citrix uh, yes. and Citrix as, as you well know Tony are yeah. I guess one of uh, Microsoft's biggest ISV partners um, yeah. in that sort of whole workplace uh, remote working desktop uh, yeah. sort of um, and networking security sort of space um, but I guess if I if I translate my job title into what I really do, yeah, yeah. I'm an alliances uh, uh, manager, really. So something yeah. that you will remember before when I was working at Computer Centre, yeah. I was in a very similar role there. In fact, I've kind of got a very similar job. Okay, and you and and just in the spirit of bingo, ISV Independent Software Vendor. Um, do you manage a team carrying no. a target? I do. So I, I have a I have a, a horrendous target that's mm-hmm. in the millions of dollars and, and I can't think about it because it might keep me awake at night um, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's huge. Um, yeah. But yeah, so but no, I don't have a team. I've had teams in the past, you yeah. know, um, you know, since we last spoke, I guess I would, I've been running software teams, uh, various uh, channel partner organisations yeah. and building software teams have been successful had some some really successful people in my teams which has been great and they've gone on to do some really tremendous things and and are being really successful in other companies today which is which is fabulous um but i've i've joined citrix with a a view that actually it'd be nice to be an individual contributor i think is the is the buzzword yeah. bingo title an individual i'd like to just take some time back and and do things for myself without having to worry about some of the What's the correct way of putting it? <laughs> the stuff that goes on managing people. Yeah, I think it's yeah. probably just leave that there. The nurse. Yeah, the nurse. Yeah. The nurse. Um, yeah. 
how do you get then from being more creatively driven, uh, not taking the academic route to mm-hmm. working at such an enormous corporate managing the relationship with one of the biggest companies in the world <laughs> and carrying a target that's so big that you can't think about it when, you, when you put it like that it's kind of like i have to step back a little moment and think, <laughs> wow don't step back your camera goes <laughs> yeah sorry i'm just trying to I'm hold on to my desk that might, that might stop me from moving i'll put an x on the floor and i'll stand on it <laughs> <laughs> so how did that how did that happen where what does you do I've always been uh, um, really interested in, I guess, if you go right back to my where we started talking about my my education, I was always been really interested in computer stuff. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you know, right back, I was very interested into electronics, you know, radios and things like that. And I was always messing with soldering irons and fixing stuff. And that's a bit yeah. eclectic, <laughs> random. Yeah. When I say fixing, often breaking. dismantling for no particular reason and then try and put it back together and wondering why it didn't work again always doing that sort of thing um so I kind of guess that moved me into I had an opportunity to join a company uh it was I think they still go it's a company called Morgan Computer Company back in god I can't remember exactly when it's probably mid 90s early 90s Mm. um and my first role there was, um, I guess I was general sort of like fix-it chap at the back with a soldering iron, fixing people's computers. I remember a significant amount of my time was fixing Amstrad FX9600 fax machines because they, oh, yeah. they didn't last beyond them, beyond the customer taking it home, powering it on, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so on, using it twice. So fixing yeah. those things. So I was always into that. And then what I worked out quickly was the guys that were making most of the money with the guys that were selling the stuff at the front of the store, not the fellas at the back where I was at, we was, you know, we were fixing um, machines. So I quickly thought, Do you know what, I've got to work out a way of getting out of the back room and getting into the front room. Yeah. And so I sort of kind of focused on that in my career. And I guess that's led me through progression. If you look at, you know, you look at my, my, my history on, on uh, my, my job role, where I don't think all of it's on LinkedIn. Some of the earlier stuff's disappeared because I don't think mm. it's relevant so much now. But, mm. you know, that career, I've moved from, from fixing motherboards on laser printers and fax machines and computers to helping customers design PCs back in the day when that's the sort of thing you wow. do. Yeah, yeah. So um, pre, uh, I guess, you know, com- um, PC worlds and things like that and, and so on and so forth. You know, co- people used to buy computers by component. You know, they choose the motherboard, the yeah. CPU, how much memory, what sort of style box they want it in, you yeah. know, what sort, how powerful is a graphics card, how big is a hard, all that sort of stuff. So you used to help customers with that. And I don't mean just, you know, the you and I's of the world, but also corporate customers, because that's how they used to buy, unless yeah. they were buying from an IBM or, a you know, a Compaq, I guess, at the day when they were buying pre-configured, pre-designed job lots of machines mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and then sort of moved from that and i and i worked for a company in in um in birmingham sec and i joined them and i was doing something similar there because i was still very fixated on all that networking peripherals yeah. and you know the no, knowing the specification i've probably got a bit of ocd around or some sort of autism around um I guess, you know, knowing facts and figures and speeds and clock speeds. I think I've always had this weird thing in my head. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I bumped into a guy called Phil Rose, who was at the time um, SEC's Microsoft partner account manager in the role that mm-hmm. you talked yeah. about where we met. 
And yeah. um, he sort of like, he convinced me to move into the software world as yeah. part of, uh, to be a rep. In fact, I was the first funded Microsoft head inside yeah. a channel reseller in the country. Wow. Yeah. So, and Phil, Phil helped me do that. And I know Phil's gone on to do great things. He's got his own company now and he's doing yeah. coaching stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I distinctly remember that, going through that process with Phil, having to do all the qualifications. And I was probably one of the, I guess, the only guys in channel that was sponsored by Microsoft to go and talk about Microsoft licensing. And I guess that's just spawned me into that whole licensing world and yeah. everything related. And, and I guess, you know, I started to learn intimately how Microsoft work. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and the people and the processes, programs, sadly, yeah. the acronyms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and I guess it became less about the licensing and more about the translation uh, of, yeah, of how the businesses yeah. engage and talk and what it meant to the customer. And I guess fast forwarding to where I am now, you know, various uh, roles and around the, the selling of, of licensing or, or software services in general across multiple vendors. But I guess the thing that's core to all of it is about how do you bring groups of people or groups of, or, or different organizations together to understand how they can achieve positive things through yeah. software, IT, whatever it is, and help yeah. them understand how they get there. And I think that's what I'm doing today, really. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in between the company I technically work for yeah. and Microsoft who I'm working with. And I'm, I see myself as some sort of, uh, I've, I've used the phrase Kofi and Anne. So I'm translating <laughs> and, 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 and uh, brokering um, conversations and engagements and, and, and that sort of thing between the two organizations. So that actually we deliver great outcomes to our joint customers. And, and that's what it's about. And that's, I guess, so, you know, to answer your question more succinctly, it's all been about getting to there. And what's fascinating is, and I think there is a great deal of, like you say, in, in alliances, a great deal of diplomacy and tact. And you have to understand how both organisations operate. And I know that, you know, understanding how any corporate organisation operates is not, is not straightforward. Um, and you've got that kind of technical knowledge got really interesting mix there so you've gone from knowing this is how a fax machine operates i could take it sadly i'm trying to forget that (laughs) (laughs) it's too late it's on record um and then again microsoft licensing oh my god i mean just Mm. the upset that used to cause um another complicated topic then you've got people relationships i mean you you're quite it seems like a challenge, Jamie, I would say. Yeah, and I think it does all come back to that core thing mm. that I said earlier. You know, I, um, I'm fascinated by, uh, I guess, numbers. I'm fascinated by um, s- stats in a weird way, I think. And, and it's, you know, I talked about earlier about being really sort of into um, knowing about CPUs and memory and, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. So, so licensing is similar to that, and I guess understanding how technology can you know and, and be fascinated about how this stuff that we have now in the modern world helps customers solve problems it's the same thing it's just a different it's the same i can't get the words out it's the same sort of uh, driving force just mm. with different bits of data and 
any point going through your sort of career arc, as it were, has yeah. the topic of education come up? You said you've got some professional qualifications relating to Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've got modern non-university driven uh, qualifications. So I've got MC, in Microsoft speak, you know, I've got MCPs um, uh, for the various licensing programs and also... Microsoft re- Certified Professional. Thank mm-hmm. you, sorry. Uh, yes. Thank you, Microsoft Certified Professional. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got some modern ones and I've got some very uh, old legacy ones. Legacy ones relate to, to, to licensing business. Yeah. Um, I remember the days of Emma Jane Healy and when she first started putting those together. Uh, and and we worked, worked well she did it I, I i was i think i and a group of us at computer center were the first people to go through that exam when it was when it was born you know and mm-hmm. i've done more modern versions of those but i've more recently have done things around azure yeah azure fundamentals and various some modern stuff so cloud related stuff um but forgive me i've also done that for all the other software <laughs> cloud vendors as well so the aws is of the world i haven't necessarily done the google stuff but probably should add yeah. that to my so I think I just and, and for me, why? Because that's about keeping relevance and, and going back to what I was saying earlier, it's about understanding what can be the challenges and how these these, um, I guess, software solutions and technologies help customers solve problems. And, yeah. You know, and being able to articulate or, or, or have a knowledge of that helps you in that engagement piece in terms of trying to yeah. explain and bring organisations together for value. So, yeah, that's what I've done. But no, I don't have the university thing. And I am. I, um, being brutally honest, it's never really, I think, it's never really got to a position where anybody's even asked me about that, which mm-hmm. is which is interesting, because if you look at the way jobs are advertised today, it's typically front and centre, you know, university degree or, or uh, you know, some, some sort of, you know, high education um, mm. entry, mm. Um, which I've never had to, to answer to, which is interesting. And do you feel one of the things that I experienced, I think, in that corporate environment, and it might be different for you, is were there ever moments where you felt that, um, I don't know, you didn't necessarily fit, I don't know, say having a big board meeting or have you ever noticed any differences there? Yeah, I have, because I, you can become a little aware of those that have been to university and have degrees. Um, and I guess you get a little bit. Sometimes, uh, you know, I can, uh, what's the phrase? Um, imposter syndrome. So where you doubt yourself because you think actually these people are more educated than I am. And probably, but I have to, I've, I've had to develop um, ways of uh, strategies to tell, to get myself through that, if that works if that's yeah. the thing to say. And I have to tell myself, um, and it's like, so I want to do any presenting. I used to do presentations to customers and that sort yeah. of stuff. I have to sort of like visualise stupid things to yeah. get me, to get me, not always, don't, you know, it's not an yeah. everyday occurrence, but when it's particularly tough or challenging, I have to do that. Um, yeah. And you yeah. think to yourself, well, they don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. They don't yeah. know the information you've got in your head. Yeah. Um, and therefore stop questioning don't stop doubting yourself yeah and, and just project forward in, in a way but uh, yeah that's what I have to think I have to also have to think of stupid stuff like you know they're naked I'm not you know and <laughs> you know and things like but even yeah. sitting around a table you know when you're in a in a, a business meeting sometimes you just get that and I have to deal with it in that way but yeah I do I do feel that yeah. sometimes yeah. 
yeah and have there been because if I think about like the sales environment so you have you always carried a target throughout your career I in some capacity in, in what well, yes yeah yes I have but that target has either been 100% numerical so it's sales related it's performance yeah. related on that or it's been as it is today and it's been in the past it's related to number based metrics but also you know management by objective mbo related things yeah. so things you can physically influence yeah See, I did, uh, explain did, the one. yeah <laughs> Uh, other boys are bigger. Somebody, somebody's nearly got all four corners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, so so the objectives are are things that I think are more relevant to the, the kind of role I have today, because I'm mm-hmm. not an out and out salesperson in this current role today. Um, mm. But it's about helping others achieve their sales goals. Yeah. Yeah. So why? Yeah. Which is why in the background I do have a sales number. Yeah. I don't, I don't personally. Can I impact it? Yes, I guess I can in a roundabout fashion it, it, through the things I do or don't do. Yeah. Uh, but I don't personally carry that as a, 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 a to the same degree as they as those individuals would. Mm. And it was, and the reason I ask is I was thinking about some of those kind of markers of success, or you know, being in the corporate environment where it's like if you can talk about sports, <laughs> that helps. If you did go to a if it's cycling, Tony, I'm in. Yeah. If it's football, I'm really out. <laughs> I, I noticed the Rafa top. Yeah, I sorry. I apologise for the Jamie. cycling pumps. No, no, it's nice. Um, I know that's a good brand. Um, but And I was thinking, I remember there being very clear that when you had a sales community, it's like who is wearing what Rolex, you know? There is those little sort of signifiers of success. Um, yeah. And I wondered, I guess... Maybe for you, where you, how you define success for yourself, what that looks like, what motivates you and drives you? Happiness, I think. Um, I'm not motivated. Some people are motivated by having a Porsche, like you say, a big watch. Mm. That interests me. No. It really don't interest me. Yeah, I like to have a functional watch, you know. Um, cycling i like to have a, a nice bike i'm always looking to get the next bike um yeah. so i guess that but that's not you know but, so yeah ha- happiness um work-life balance that's a bit fluffy but what i mean by that is probably you know can i be around the family yeah I think if i look back more historically i didn't have the flexibility that i do today or you know the time i have today but but consequence of that is i've probably lost some of the earlier engagement time with my kids when they were growing up because of work related things, which is sad. So today I think I'm more conscious of trying to be more around those sorts of, that sort of environment. I work from home today, which is yeah. really, really positive. I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I'm contracted at home, so which is, mm. which is, which is great, but I have the flexibility to be in the office as and when I need to be. Yeah. So yeah, success to me is that, is, is all of those things it's not necessarily how much money's in the bank um uh, it is an important criteria because it pays the bills but it's not the yeah. be all and end all um because yeah. uh, if it, i think if it had been in the be all and end all my career might have been slightly different earlier on yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah some people might claim my wife and children might say i'm a bit more materialistic than i think i am but you know <laughs> I, i'm 
yeah, I, as I said, I don't aspire to 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 you know flashy cars and and you know massive houses and things like that. You know, I just just live comfortably, live be happy. And and so, how do you sustain? So you must be over twenty years in tech. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you sustain a career and keep it interesting if you've not got that? It's about the next payday or it's about the next uh, level of seniority. How, how do you keep it interesting for yourself? I'll tell you what I really like is I like winning. I don't like losing. Um, yeah. And for me, the uh, winning something, winning a deal, helping people to be successful, being part yeah. of a team that's being successful. Um, th- those are the things that um, I've got goosebumps now, actually. Those are the things that um, get me excited. And if yeah. I can, if I, you know, if I can help people to be really successful and then go on and be really successful individuals, you know, yeah. defined by their own means, whether that's money or whatever it is, I don't, you know, um, then that's that keeps me really motivated. You know, I like being part of a team, um, um, and 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 that that's, I get, I guess that's that's the thing that gets me up in the morning. You know, to help yeah. to help to help drive forward with the business. You know, I, I really like and respect the organisation I work for. And seeing them get the success and drive forward, you know, and I have to I have to sort of buy into the organisation I'm working for as well and understand their motives and, and drive, if you like, and what they're offering as part of how, how we can progress, how I can progress. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily standing here every day thinking about what's my next job. Um, I think a lot of people in life do. Yeah. Um, it's not important for me to be managing a team. It's nice to manage a team, but it's not a, mm. it's not a career goal for me. I've done that. Um, yeah. You know, I've just described I've gone back to being a, 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 an individual uh, contributor as part of a team. There's a group yeah. of people doing my role across yeah. the globe, across a mere, yeah. et cetera. Um, but it's that winning mentality that I really enjoy. That's, mm. you know, I can boil it down to that. I enjoy that. Yeah. And and when it came to you mentioned got kids, um yeah. how how did your experience of you know, you've built this long term successful career, um, you didn't have to go to uni to do that. What um how did that sort of inform your thinking when it came to your kids? I think it's interesting, my wife works at Aston University. Okay. Um yeah. so she's in the education space. Mm. I think we've both um thought about this long and hard really and for me I think university university should be used by anybody who thinks that it's important to help shape their career in the future I think so wouldn't stop but I don't think university should be used as as a stopgap necessarily because we don't know what to do with ourselves yeah and I I think I'll just say what I see I think a lot of people are using it as that and still don't know what they want to do and come out with university degrees well done them but actually this hasn't really shaped them as an individual in terms of what they're planning to do and so I think university degree should be about helping you get a access to the thing that you're passionate about and the direction of travel you want to take it might not be the first role it might be supportive of the first role to get you into a longer term career and you probably still haven't shaped your end choices Mm. Well, I think that's how university should be. So I don't think it should be necessary for everybody. But I think yeah. society today uses it as a as everybody should go to university. 
and mm. it seemed like that and I think you know I, I'm not so sure personally so we've never really pushed our our, our kids uh, whilst both of them I mean, Sam's at university yeah. um, he, he's in his third year so he's doing a placement year at the moment in industry yeah. Um, yeah. and he'll go back in the uh, at the end of the summer to do his final year yeah um, um, but we've never really pushed him to do that until he was decided about what career he wanted to take yeah. so and it will indeed help him get where he needs to be um and it's also shaped him in terms of i guess his focus and yeah. ability yeah. to um i guess manage his time better and those sorts of things that i guess when you're a teenager uh, it's not really quite your priority list perhaps. <laughs> um and equally my daughter's now she's just finished she's just about to do her a-levels uh, exams um this yeah. year this summer um and she's going through that whole process of of selecting universities and waiting for interviews yeah. she's done a few of them um yeah. she's waiting for um one more uh to come yeah. back uh to, to and then she's got to select her put a, you know put a put a, a, an x in the box as to which is her first and second choice yeah. and, and hopefully she'll get the grades and uh and fly but again she she wants to do that because of the career direction she wants to take which she's pretty motivated about yeah so that's how I, like, I, I really like that i really like that perspective on not using it as a well i don't know what to do so mm. I'll just delay. I'll just delay the inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's helpful to me. You know, I'm always yeah. thinking with my two a bit younger. Um, yeah. I think I think that's a, re- a refreshing and thoughtful way to yeah. to kind of look look at it. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was when I was at the period of time where I, I probably might have gone to university. I mean, I just couldn't afford it. Mm. So that stopped me from going to university um, yeah. completely, whether I wanted yeah. to or not. And yeah. and actually, because uh, I needed to think, you know, fund a car and try and sort of yeah. that sort of stuff. But those were the things yeah. that were priorities for me at that time, yeah. um, more than education necessarily. So, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, should I have gone to university? I, do you know what? If I had gone to university, would I be doing anything different? I don't think I would. But what I might have done is I might have accelerated my earnings. Yeah. 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 So I think I think if I'm being brutally honest, not going to university to me, the only Mm. thing it's done, it's not held my career back, it's held my earnings back. So yes, it's probably held my career back, perhaps. Mm. That's is that's what I may say, comparative to others. Yeah, and I know that you know, research bears that out. It does say that people that are non graduates um typically will earn or people that are from a lower socioeconomic background will typically earn less. Mm. Um yeah interesting mm. um okay as a as a kind of final question um what what has pe- put you in good stead sort of throughout your career what do you think has been the thing that has really helped you to get on and achieve uh I think a number of things, if I'm honest with Tony, I said, uh, for me, it's learning from others. Yeah. Yeah. And listening to my peers, my managers, some have been good, some have been awful, you know, <laughs> let's be brutal. <laughs> um, there's been a few people who uh, have been really positive in, in my career in terms of helping me shape uh, the things I do, the way I think. Um, some of those still are in business at, at Computer Centre. I'm not going to name any of them. But they're they're there, and, I, and I'll, I'll chalk them up as people have helped me shape my myself. I think um, 
I think it's trusting people as well. I trust people implicitly um, uh, and, until they let me down is, is probably the way yeah. I look at it. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. giving people the license to go and the freedom to go and get on with what they need to do. You know, when I was running software teams um, uh, in, in various organisations, trusting those, those individuals just to get on with the job and, and give them the coaching that, that I enjoyed when I was sort of in the same way. Um, uh, through my career and, and and giving them the freedom to get on and that's you know I think that's nobody likes being micromanaged no and having been micromanaged in my career by somebody I think uh, it always is always causes me to just step back one you know just say yeah. oh, are we going in that direction you know but equally you know not not necessarily <laughs> Don't suffer fools gladly, I think is a phrase that my father-in-law would use mm. <laughs> quite frequently. But but yeah, so I think it's just that what set me up is 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 people coaching me and you know and and I and I think me being able to pass that on to others um is is a is a positive thing. You know, yeah. and, and, and not just pass it on verbatim, but pass it on with my own personal experiences, you know, that have uh enhanced or embellished that that feedback really. Things yeah. that have worked. I like going back to my core point, you know, the core thing I'm getting at here, Tony, is I like, I like winning. I like success. I don't like losing. I'm not a bad loser. Mm. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't give up before the end and walk off, right? I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> throw your bike down and go exactly, back. Exactly, right. I can't win. That's it. I'm out. I'm off. Bat and ball. Yeah, none of that. But <clears throat> I do like, I do like to win. I like to be, you know, I, I like to be, with successful people um and and i like to be part of that success so if i can help people have that and enjoy that that's that's life sweet right and um if there's anyone that's looking to get into the tech industry uh what what would be a top tip for you they're thinking i want to break in but i don't know how I think you just got to have a person and a bit of a personality, a likable personality. And I think one of the, the things uh, that's a bit, it's a bit vague, isn't it? A likable personality. I think you've just got to have the ability to be able to talk to people as mm. well, you know, and probably go outside your comfort zone a little bit. And and I don't think it's necessary. Tech is interesting. I love tech. Mm. Um, so you've got to have a little bit of passion around tech, wherever it lies. You've yeah. got to have a bit of passion about it and you've got to be in, in tech because it, it, not because just it's a job. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think yeah. you've got to have a real interest in it. But you don't need to be a coder. You don't need to be, you know, a cloud expert necessarily to get into into more sales type roles. But just having that understanding and being able to listen, I think, is, mm. is really important. Listening to what customers' problems are and being able to um, understand that, consume that, and then align that back and thinking from a business and, and sales perspective and engagement perspective, align that back to um, what are the values of the organisation you represent and how you can deliver value back to that, to that, that problem that, that you just listened to coming out of the client. And, and, you know, I think that's a really important skill. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I was listening because I've been taking notes, Jamie. Um, <laughs> that's been um it's been really good to talk to you again thank you for taking part in the podcast today no problem